guys and welcome back to another episode. Woo, 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 woo. How is everyone today? How's everyone feeling? Good? Feeling good. Good? Feeling good. Great. Yeah? Lovely. So we are all about discussing education and its intersection with society. And on today's lesson focus, we have one of my favourite topics parent or teacher now guys let's not get it too heated because i mean the last episode of mentorship was a it was a real deal there's some disagreements you know but we're still friends for the mm. listeners out there we haven't yet you know broken up but it's all good um so yeah so today's um podcast is actually about parent and teacher and i'm just going to give a little bit about a story um what i experienced recently actually so in the quarantine you know, COVID-19 sort of situation. Um, as a school, we had to call our parents and we had to just, you know, find out how our children are doing, find out how, you know, the parents are doing, etc. And I found myself at point on the phone for at least 40 minutes mm. talking to parents. Um, some of them were struggling. Some of them were doing okay. Um, but then what I found myself doing is I was at some point parenting the parents. Mm. And I'm not a parent, you know. Mm. Um, so again, that was me trying to use my wisdom to help them, to help their children. And I found myself parenting their child on the phone as well as in school sometimes. And so this is where the blurred lines come into. Are we a parent or are we a teacher? Mm. And that is the conversation on today. So I'm going to throw this question out to Mammoth. And I just want you to give me 30 seconds. Quick, nice snapshot. Define the role and responsibilities of a teacher. 30 seconds, off you go. I'll do it in less than 30 seconds. <laughs> Facilitating the learning of young people. Janoi? Uh, <laughs> of a teacher? Yeah. Um, I would say... Uh, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> that was an excellent like definition that my mum was. So gave. would you agree? I would definitely agree. I think you um, have to come up with your own. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to wiggle around. So I would agree to that extent. But I mm. think um a teacher um has a responsibility of passing mm. on knowledge. Yeah. Okay. And mm -hmm. Zion? I've had a bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> so what I would say is guide <laughs> guiding and curating. The educational experience within the institution, within the school institution. Okay, so there's the element of facilitating <laughs> learning. There's the element of guiding. Um, I actually asked my cousin what she thought. And my cousin is a mother of two. One of them uh, is six months and the other one is five years old. Um, and she said a teacher is to lead, to educate, to inform and to also be a role model. And then I asked her, what does she see a parent to be then? And she said to teach to lead as well, um, to guide, to protect, and to love. So would you say that teachers find themselves holding up some responsibilities of a parent and it's inevitable to do so? I think it's interesting because you see the first dynamic where as a teacher, you already have an age difference over them. So there's automatically authoritative figure mm -hmm. that you hold, that place of authority that you hold, and I think what comes along with that, if I'm looking from a student's perspective, is a level of leadership, mm -hmm. a level of being a role model, a level of of guiding, a level of teaching. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there are certain elements of being a teacher that you, which are synonymous to being a parent that you can't get away from. Mm -hmm. However, I do believe that there 
I'll go wait first to go in. I do believe that there are some aspects um, that a teacher can embody, mm-hmm. but isn't a necessary requirement um, of a parent. But do you feel like they have a choice? Not all the time. I don't think, pers- from my experience and mm-hmm. my, you know, anecdotes, you know, speaking with other teachers, I don't think they always have a choice. Mm-hmm. I think that at times can be down to the institution they're placed in and how that environment looks. Okay, do you know, what do you think? I'm just going to say the question again. So would you say that teachers find themselves holding up some responsibilities of a parent and it is inevitable to do so? Yeah, I, I think you have to be quite intentional to separate your role. Um, it's inevitable that Mm -hmm. you are going to have an element of care, Mm -hmm. an element of almost protection Mm -hmm. over your students, especially Mm -hmm. if you're a form tutor. And I think um, you must, you would have to be an intentional teacher to say, no, 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 (laughs) past 3 p.m., (laughs) like, (laughs) in my own life, (laughs) and so on and so forth. So I think, um, yeah, you just have, yeah, just the role of a teacher Mm-hmm. Um, I think where the focus comes from is the fact that you are actually responsible for the educating of another individual. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not you, you in the palm of your hands. You hold somebody else's future, mm-hmm. and I think with that perspective, you're gonna have to see yourself in a blurred role of a parent as well as a teacher. A mentor, some mm. elements. Mamas, what do you think? What do you think? See, I, 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 all right. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to come from, yeah, a different angle. Just like you said, intentional. Just because I don't relate to you as a parent or in some form of caring role doesn't stop me from being a good teacher. And I say that to say, me caring for you in, in um, sort of like a familial role makes me makes my job better, but it doesn't mean that I'm a bad teacher if I don't. So I say that to say that it's inevitable that it will happen, but I think that's more based on your own personal reasoning for being in the job, for being a teacher. So I think that's more based on your personality and you as a person. Yeah, yeah. I had some very good teachers. I did not see them as any form. They had no, there was no maternal, paternal, there was no form of instinct, parental <laughs> instinct. They didn't have to. Yeah. But they were still a darn good teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I learned a lot from them. There was a lot that I gleaned from mm. them, but in no way, shape, or form was like, yeah, they were like, you know, my mother in the school. It wasn't like that. Yeah. I just recognized that they were still a very, very good yeah. teacher. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think you, it depends on your own. <clears throat> personality but I think with how teaching is now I say that to say in in how teaching is now because there are these many gaps that school the the institution of school is trying to fill yeah it becomes inevitable that you may have to take on some form of parenting role and that's only because we have a duty of care for Mm, these young people that's that's just in our job Mm. we actually have a duty of care for them this is the reason as to why there is safeguarding and mm. you know um you know all these different things come into play so i think that's why it's inevitable because of how school is mm-hmm. now but not necessarily yeah it's not necessarily something that in my head i've got it that okay yeah i'm a teacher and i'm going to have to do a bit of parenting no i'm a teacher first i am not your mm. parent i'm yeah. not your mother i am a teacher but because school structure and just my own personality 
that mm-hmm. does become an element of parenting that comes yeah. into it. So then would you say that it's dependent upon the passion of that teacher that will determine the level of parenting, let's say, they take up? Yes. Why? Because I, I've worked with and I know some teachers where their passion is not necessarily, let me put it this way, their passion is not necessarily for the young people. It's part mm-hmm. of it. What they're passionate about is being able, how, how they deliver contents of knowledge, how they deliver knowledge. That, mm-hmm. That's what they're passionate about. And mm-hmm. that's what causes them to be a good teacher. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily because they enjoy being around the young people, because they okay. enjoy young, young people like mm-hmm. that. They're passionate about mm-hmm. delivering knowledge. They're passionate mm-hmm. about imparting knowledge. It actually mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the young people. And I say that to say, not just in secondary, but if you think university, your lecturers couldn't care less about mm-hmm. you. If you, think about, <laughs> no, if, you, if you think about it, but you wouldn't now say that they're bad lecturers. This yeah. is just me, like, from mm. that. You wouldn't now say that they're bad lecturers because they are imparting the knowledge to you that they need to impart. Mm. And that's their passion. Their passion is imparting knowledge. Mm. So, yeah, I think it... Yeah, I don't think I it's passion for young... Sometimes it's not passion for young people, mm. but that doesn't stop them from being a passionate teacher. They just might be passionate about a different aspect of teaching. And that's... This is not me personally. I'm just being, yeah, throwing mm. it out there. I'm trying to... Janai, what do you think? You know, so I was just looking at it now and um, there was this Latin phrase and I was like, oh my God, I remember my head teacher used to say that. Um, you know, it says to act in loco parentis, yes. you know? So mm-hmm. it's almost like, and what that essentially means is, you know, when a person put themselves in a position of authority over a child, mm-hmm. looking after their, for the duty of care for mm-hmm. that child. And I think, you know, up until the age of 18, um, I, I did a LinkedIn post on this and I was saying that on average, I believe, I need to get the numbers, but young people, they spend a large amount of time, right? Large, mm. A huge amount yeah. of time. <laughs> Sorry, a huge amount of time in school. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's really important that, you know, they feel guided. Mm-hmm. You know, in school, they they feel like if I'm spending my time, I have to. Up until law came into play, that they have to stay in some form of education up to the age of eighteen. Yeah. So it's like we we'll be doing them a disservice if we don't take up that responsibility. Says that while you are away from your parents and you're in our school building, we are going to look after you. And sometimes that means, you know, John, have you had lunch today? You mm. know, like. Are you not hungry and so on and so forth? And that could just be a conversation, you know, in the corridor outside Mm. of the class that you just taught him and stuff. So, Mm. yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to, I loved what you've all said. Um, I agree with somewhat of, um, you know, you being a passionate teacher, um, etc. And I'm just going to read you just some research um, when I was looking at this topic. Um, it says the role of a teacher is to inspire, motivate and encourage and educate learners. Learners can be of any age and from any background. Teachers serve many roles within a school environment. Gone are the days when a teacher was merely seen as a classroom educator, someone who just teaches a core subject to a classroom full of children and then goes home for the day. Job done. Teachers can work across a variety of subjects which they can bring to life with the assistance of modern and interactive technologies. And then the research went on to say um, a teacher's role is to shape the life chances of young people by imparting knowledge, Mm -hmm. bringing the curriculum to life. When you get passionate teachers, they can hugely inspire young people no matter what their background 
great teachers support young people, not just in education, but in life and vocation choices. So when we, when we listen to that research, for me, what that is saying is that now in the 20, like in the 21st century, teaching is not just classroom. It's not just like you said, to facilitate learning. It is way more than that. Mm -hmm. And so Harry um, Cutty, which this research is by, when he mentioned that great teachers support young people, not just in education, but in the life and vocation choices. What do you think about that? Is it a teacher's responsibility? Because for me, when I read that initially, mm -hmm. that's a parent's responsibility to, 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 to help the child with their life and vocational mm -hmm. choices. So Zion, what do you think? Do you think it's a teacher's responsibility? Do you agree with Harry um, Cutty? Or would you say it's both? What, what, what is your stance on that? Would you, know, you say it's, 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 the, it's the passion me, of the know? teacher? You know, what would it's you say? It's a bit say? tricky. I think the first thing that came to mind was does it how does a teacher need to be this person? Mm. Um, and I think I'm just looking, I'm just looking in it in the sense of why why is this the need within a school, you know? Mm. Um, for the teacher to be so multifaceted, it seems like as you know, you showed in the research. The teacher's identity becomes so conflated as soon as they mm. enter the school arena. And I think um, if I'm on one level maybe empathizing, it can be a, you know very difficult to have all of those burdens and responsibilities, duty of care, um, and multifaceted roles. Mm -hmm. However, but I think and I think this is where you probably, depending on how you view education, this mm -hmm. is how it will probably influence your perspective, how I view education mm -hmm. and how it should be done, I would agree with this just because okay. of my personal lens of education. Mm -hmm. And of course, that is inspired by my maybe care for young people um, and how I want their kind of life chances to be. So I would say, of mm -hmm. course, if I was a teacher, I would do all of this. I think Genoa kind of models that quite well. Mm -hmm. And we've seen he's kind of, you're welcome. <laughs> and we've seen in um, um, what he's kind of said, his examples, how he goes the extra mile, though it's not in his particular remit. Mm -hmm. Um so I do, I do, it's, it's for me, it's tricky because mm -hmm. I understand why teachers go the extra mile. Mm -hmm. um, and I think maybe if systematically things were a lot more, um, they facilitated that the teacher's ability to be that person, mm -hmm. maybe I wouldn't have any problem with it, but I think my mm -hmm. problem with it isn't that teachers do that, but it's more so now that they're doing it, I think it's a kind of unfair deal for them. Mm. Essentially, mm. Um, I don't know, but I then don't, don't you think it's an unfair deal for the children as well? Only because, like, like yeah. you said, it depends. Your perception. The reason why you, you know, came up with that view is because of your, your perception yeah, exactly. on, yeah. on education, yeah, yeah, for example. Yeah, 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 so yeah. that means other teachers whose perception of education is different. There's going to be children whose lives are going to be but, impacted in a negative way. But I think, as Mama said, I think. If they don't do what, let's say, we've seen Janoi do, it doesn't mm. mean that they're necessarily a bad teacher, as Mama said. I've had mm -hmm. teachers who were not, you know, um, who are maybe would have wanted a teacher, but the discipline maybe that they had, mm. the structure, I'm not saying that teachers who may be a lot more friendly aren't, don't have that, mm -hmm. but I think there's, as we said, there are various models of identities of teachers within mm -hmm. a school, yeah. and each can benefit you in different ways. Yeah. I think where my, where my gripe is that Teachers are doing a great job. And if you're one of those teachers who goes the extra mile, you're doing miracles. You're working miracles, mm -hmm. essentially. But then I think my gripe is more so... 
I, I just want to see something going back towards the teachers mm-hmm. as well to help them and to mm-hmm. get my point in mm-hmm. here to help them. Pay rise. Saying. <laughs> 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 to help them facilitate that continuously yeah. because as like yeah. you said, it's benefiting the children because again, mm-hmm. you can just be a teacher and not have, you know, be emotive, all of these things. And you may give them a great education, but as you said, there may be some life skills, some mm-hmm. affection yeah. and these things that they miss out on. So yeah. it's a good thing that teachers are doing. I think mm-hmm. I just think that systematically, Mm-hmm. It, schools do not always facilitate or have mm-hmm. yeah facilitate um can i add something yeah um i completely agree with what you're saying um mm-hmm. and i love the fact that you know you're able to identify this is your own personal view yeah. um as i say when i when i became a form tutor and i i sent a letter home to the parents saying mm-hmm. hey you know your child i want to know your child i didn't tell anyone in mm-hmm. my pastoral team the only other person I told was my colleague and I said hey this is just something that I did and stuff you may want to do it or not but I didn't do it to kind of like get some next best teacher best form award Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. the perspective I have towards all of this is the fact that shouldn't schools right and when I talk about schools I'm talking about the building and the institution Mm -hmm. should they not prepare the child for life after the building. 100%. And if that is the case then, mm. best believe you're going to have some conversations outside of citizenship. Absolutely. Outside of history. Mm-hmm. Outside of maths, mm-hmm. English and science, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's this whole idea that we're all working together mm-hmm. to prepare the child for life mm-hmm. outside. And I feel like, and I would say this wholeheartedly, if a child hasn't been prepared for life after a school, then we've actually failed. I, I stand by that. Can I just, I loved what you said because that actually <laughs> links me to, um, and I'm going to come back to you, Mamas, because Callum Thomas from Crab Lane Primary in Manchester, he says that making children good members of society is crucial to his role as a primary school teacher. Then he quotes, in my community, there is a higher level of social ambiguity. And so it's important for me to ensure the children can communicate well and form an opinion. I teach speaking, listening, manners, and communication. So as I agree with Janoy, 110%, (laughs) Mamas, what do you think? Do you think that it's teachers have to be intentional about making children good members of society? Do you think that it just sort of comes in by them educating and, you know, they don't have to really think about what they're saying or what? Tell me your views. I say unfortunately. It's not unfortunate. I don't find my job unfortunate and what I do unfortunate. But I say unfortunately because Mm. some areas of responsibility have been abdicated by the people who were supposed to do it. That's it. That's Mm. just the unfortunate thing of where we are now in terms of the 21st century and with how our, you know, our society is, and I refer that to the UK, is that it has to be picked up somewhere. And where that that responsibility is now being placed is in schools because Mm. they do spend the majority of their time in a school building. So Mm. where that's being picked up now is in schools. So it's not a bad, like like I said before, it's not a bad thing if a teacher um, takes on, you know, some of those responsibilities of a parent, nor is it um, a bad thing if they don't. Because Mm -hmm. it's not, the, the reason why the lines are blurred is because Teachers, we don't actually, we know what we're supposed to be doing, but it's changed so much because Mm. of how they want to, and I say this for better use of a phrase, want to raise young people. Mm. And so in terms of raising young people, there are many facets to it. So in terms of helping 
the parent, they have different schemes and initiatives and everything that they do in order to help the parent, but then they have these things to help the school. But how that works in terms of school is that a teacher has to take on more than one role than just Mm -hmm. being an educator. And so going back to even what Zion said, what is education? This is why so many things get blurred and so many things get chucked in because we still don't have, um, and this is not just my own personal opinion, this is based on research and the research that is out there, we still do not have a definition of what education is. I personally am under the belief that education is an extension of what takes place at home, what is taking place, it's what takes place in society. So I'm only going to teach you or I'm only going to facilitate and guide you based on what I feel like you should be learning at home. So that is morals, that is values, that I'm going to have to guide you in a sense of morality. And so that does Mm -hmm. mean or a sense of value, like a value system. So that means that does mean yeah. I am going to have to take on some form mm. of parental responsibility. Mm. Unfortunately, the society that we live in, there are those children that have never had that, mm. that um, you know, that parental engagement. They've never had that sort of parental involvement. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, as a teacher, a level of my teaching is going to have to facilitate that. And I think there was a paper that I read and I was trying to find it here. Um, and basically it was different teachers' views on how they deal with um, equity and equality in their classroom. So for, let's say, little Johnny doesn't have, you know, who's who's fatherless, doesn't have a father, how I treat him is going to be very different to how I treat Sally, who's got two parents. Not because I view them as different, but because their needs are different. Mm. So even within the scope of the classroom, I'm going to have to treat Mm. Johnny, I'm going to have to be a bit more parental with Johnny than I am with Sally. Mm. It doesn't Mm. take away, it it doesn't, um, what can I say? It doesn't mean that I see them differently, if that makes sense. But in order so that both of them have the same access to what it is that I'm trying to teach, I'm going to have to do things slightly differently with Johnny Mm. than I am Mm. with with Sally. And that's just Mm. the, that's just inevitable because... As a teacher, I need you to be able to have access to what it is that I'm trying to teach you. So that means I'm going to have to do different things for different children. So it's just inevitable because there are gaps that have been, Mm. you know, are unfilled. And there are things that have been abdicated by parents because of the society that we live in. It's not necessarily because of, uh, you know, we're being forced Mm. to do it, if that makes sense. It's just, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, this is the way that it's being seen that it can be done. Like even that when we were talking about in mentorship. Mentorship is seen as a way that to to deal with some of these some of mm. these gaps. So I don't mind. I don't have an issue <laughs> with being you know parent. That's that's not. I don't have a problem with it. But yeah. I do think that because we are so used to doing it, or because we're being taught, you know, because one teacher let's just put it this way, because one teacher did it mm-hmm. and it worked. It's now the unwritten expectation mm, of every mm, single teacher mm. now has to do it. I don't think that should be the case. Yeah, yeah. If you're doing your job description and doing your role, then so be it. You may not have to be parental in order to fulfill that. So, yeah. yeah. And Zion, I know you've got something to say. So yeah. I want you to hold on to that. But I've yeah. also got a question to throw at you as well. Yeah. Because you're not in a school. Well, mm. you're in a university. Yeah. But you're not amongst teachers yeah. as such. Um, and so when I looked at the duties of a teacher, right... You've got teaching, you've got planning, you've got supporting the leadership team, assessment. You've also got CPD, so um, extra courses. You've also got collaborating with parents. So now that we've spoken about, um, you know, teachers being this role model and teachers being um, individuals that are making children good members of society, from you looking from the outside in, Mm. what, like, is it too much? Impossible. 
impossible. Do you, so do you think, think it's, it's so? Tell us, tell us. I, I, wait, that I, caught me off guard. I was looking around and that's impossible. Tell us. I think it's They're robots. I, I think it's yeah, I, and mm. I think this is what I wanted to really express. I, I think the role, and I, I think this is a whole societal. I'm really, I'm really like. I think the role of a teacher is one of the the. It, the the devaluing of a teacher is one of the biggest injustices um, mm. in society. I hold right. strongly to that. <laughs> I think the devaluing of that profession, that role, that person's an identity is one of the biggest injustices. Why? Because again, if we're looking at generational growth and cultivation of, you know, even, you know, mindsets, mentalities, profession, employment, civic duties, a lot of it starts within the hub of education. Mm. Again, we've spoken about the facts that parents are maybe, you know, because of working overtime, all of these things, parents are not maybe always available, which that is in its own issue itself. So now with that factored, being within the arena of education, let's put things in place to enable the teacher to do all that they can do. Mm. But That's good. <laughs> but <laughs> I think what, 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 what we observe is so antithetical to what is needed. And this is it. And this, this is this, this is this is the catch twenty two. More pressure has been put on the on the on, on the on the um, teachers during whole COVID. <laughs> Can we turn up his mic, please? Please. <laughs> like it's so mad during the whole COVID. Essential workers is in the name. Essential workers. But we're still having arguments on teacher pay. <laughs> mm. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I think I, I I strongly believe. If we're going to see a lot of societal change mm. um, over the next few decades, teachers, the value of teachers needs to be respected again. And I think the systematic process of education needs to put things in place to ensure that. And this is what I was going to, the point I was going to make. If one teacher is doing one thing and another, another thing, I think is it's more of a question. Is there a standardized line of what a teacher should do? Because if it was, I would say... What you're doing you're should be, be standardised. <laughs> so let everyone do that. Because mm, you made a point and so you good. said, okay, is it not an injustice? I mean, um, unfair on this maybe kind of child. So let everyone, let that be the bare minimum mm-hmm. within the thing and put things in place to, you know what I mean? To create yeah. that culture 100%. within the classroom. Sorry, like this. Sorry, like this is right, such a... So, uh, let's this. just take a breather. Let me just... Take a sip. <laughs> I think even just to add to that, where that comes from now is PGCE is not being funny. Teacher training teaches you how to teach because that's the purpose of the course. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it, it doesn't say anything. I, that I know from my PGCE, there was no thing about, you know, counselling or the pastoral part mm. or how you should interact. There, there was none of that. You mm. were taught how to teach because mm. essentially that is what they're still telling you that mm. teachers are and educators are. Mm. We are there to. That's why my definition was a facilitator of your learning because mm. that is what that's I've what been told I'm doing. Yeah. That is what I've been told I am <laughs> as a teacher. Yeah. All this, you know, me being, even me being relational, it's mm-hmm. additional. I don't have like, <laughs> yeah. if you think about reading job descriptions, even me being relational is actually additional. But I know me being relate, relational and relatable makes me a better teacher. It doesn't make yes. me the best. It just makes me better. Yeah. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. That the issue is not it's it's what what teachers are doing or what they're being taught. So mm-hmm. even there, there's that gap. So even in teacher training, if you just tell us, okay, you're gonna have to do a bit of counseling. You're gonna have if you mm. put it in the role. Mm. 
ah, teachers will not have an issue and say that yeah. their workload is this, but help us. If you're saying that this is things that we have to do, yeah. help us do it. Yeah. Like put us on the CPD mm-hmm. to be able to like help us do it. But all the CPD that we do is still just about teaching. Assessment, and we have to, feedback. thank you. Mm-hmm. And we have to know. <laughs> There's a place. Do you know I'm coming to you next. I'm coming to you next. We have to now navigate that pastoral side of it by ourselves. And we have to, you know, just based on our own personalities and how we've been brought up, our own personal views, we have to Mm -hmm. do that on our own, on Mm. top of the other things that we have to do based on the school. And I think, Mm -hmm. not being funny, but it's only really in the UK that I see teachers being treated the way that they're Mm. they're Mm. treated. Mm. Not, you know, in Dubai. They ensure, no, 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 no. They ensure that their work-life balance, they have this thing with this work-life balance. They ensure that, let it be that your life outside of school is good so that you're good to do the role that you're needed to do in school. They give wow. you a house. You don't have to worry about flying home and all the rest of it. The way teachers are valued in other countries is very, very different. Mm-hmm. They are seen as the 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 pivotal members of society that you, you tell us that we are. They're yeah. actually seen as that in other countries. Wow. In the UK, not being funny, we're told that, but essentially what you mean is that we're glorified babysitters. That's essentially what you taught. In, in lockdown, Listen, that is what yeah, you kind of told us. That, that we that, are yeah. only needed because you need somebody to look after your children. Because you need parents to work. You oh, need yeah, these people to work. And that's what it felt like. Because you said schools are going to close, figure out how to do remote learning. You gave no guidance as yeah. to how that was going to be done. You just said, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And will help you somewhere down the line. Yeah. So much so that people are now saying that teachers did nothing and we've had a three month holiday. God. Excuse mm. you? Which mm. holiday is it? <laughs> Sorry, which holiday is it that any teacher had in yeah. this in this UK for, for lockdown? <laughs> in this, which holiday is it that any teacher had? Yeah. We still had to go above and beyond. Mm. So we were still calling parents. We were some some were even still calling their form their form their form um students. Do you know? I know you called them. <laughs> Can I just give, let me just say. And he didn't have to. This is the thing. He didn't have to do that. But because of how he, what he knows about his students and what, you know, the role, the unwritten expectations of the role of being a teacher, he went ahead and did it. It it baffles me how you expect us to do. This guy, we went to a birthday party. Yeah. Oh. He came with a suitcase of books. We were all partying. He was marking books. I said to myself, wow. do you know what I mean? There's an issue there. Mm. There's an issue there. And I think this is what needs to be looked at. Like, he done great to you. Like, this, yeah. Mm. I stopped doing so that. So, I think <laughs> this conversation is amazing because we realised that, you know, teachers are meant to be the role models. We realised that, you know, teachers are undervalued, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, do you know what? I'm coming to you because I know you're an amazing teacher. The, oh, um, the things that you do for your children, I mean, we can all testify of that here. Um, so before I come with my official question, my sort of sub-question is, would you say you're doing more than most of your parents to the child? So let's say you have Billy, Sam, Becky, Tommy, I don't know, and Folake, maybe, in your class. <laughs> the diversity <laughs> Folake. <laughs> so let's say that's about five children. Would you say that as a teacher, you've seen yourself doing more than Folaka's mum or Billy's mum or Rebecca's dad? Honestly, um, I think at the start, I could say 
But then when I think about it, I am not a parent, right? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what that child specifically need other mm-hmm. than I'm using my common sense mm-hmm. in the sense that just somebody to listen to. So I guess if mm-hmm. you was asking that question in terms of, okay, cool. Because I take time to listen to my kids, mm-hmm. could I say that I'm doing more than their parents? Uh, maybe in that aspect, but mm-hmm. again, no, because parents like, yo, like you, you, you feed your child, mm-hmm. um, you put them to bed, mm-hmm. you know, you you love them on a level that I can never love them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I'm just all in the sense that it is a partnership. It's a co. It's a co-parenting, mm-hmm. you know, between mm-hmm. the home and the school. Mm-hmm. And so, what I know is that I try to do my part. Mm. Right of this equilibrium, I try to do my mm. part, and if there's a lack, I will put in a bit more. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, there's been, for example, uh, <laughs> the yeah, my students will they'll know about this one, <laughs> but it's like I remember one of my um form cheese asked, like, I said, like, you know, can I have a pound or can I have two pounds? And I was just like, I'm gonna say no because I don't know if I should give you money. <laughs> But then I I observed him for a week to two weeks and I realized, okay, cool. Like you are hungry towards the end of school. Mm. So what I actually did was that when I, I became a Costco member, I love going to Costco's, um, but I stopped, I stock up on like Nutribars and so on and so forth. And, you know, so rather than me giving him a pound, I would literally give him a couple of mm-hmm. like Nutribars to take home as he's going mm. home because I know he gets hungry. And it's just stuff like that I didn't have to do. And then when you said, oh, I don't like raisins, like, okay, cool. So I went back to Costco's and I got something else. I was like, okay, cool. Is, is this what you like? So I remember after school, some people in my form, even some other year 11s, year 10s, they'll just come. I have a cupboard with sweets and crisps. I was like, yeah, go ahead, like eat it. Because obviously I can't give you money, mm-hmm. but I can definitely meet that need 100%. in a different manner. Mm-hmm. So, and it's something that I, I just stand by. So I think in that element is that I am not negating, I'm not trying to provide for your kid. Yeah. yeah. No. But what I am doing is that I'm just just helping them in that moment mm-hmm. and in that time. I don't know what's going to happen when they go home and so on and so forth. So, yeah. Lovely. I loved what you just said. And it comes into what I'm going to mention next in terms of the role <laughs> of the parent. Um, so parents play an important role in encouraging and motivating their children to learn. Good parenting support helps children be positive healthy and have a good life um, and be long-term learners. Children acquire skills at a very early stage of their life if the parents are responsive and understanding. And then I decided to go into some research, which was taking place in 2018 to 19, um, the academic year in Turkey, where the children of the parents of high socioeconomic status studied the most frequently repeated responsibilities of parents regarding their children. And these were nutrition, so something you mentioned, dressing, providing their clothes and school uniform, following their homework and lessons, helping their homework at home, directing them to social activities, acquiring self-care skills. The teachers thought that all the parents in their school already knew and claimed their rights. However, half of the parents regularly fulfilled their responsibilities. So I'm going to throw this question at you, Juno, only because of what you've just said. And my question is, does the social economic status of the child's family 
impact the responsibilities of a teacher. So I know in our previous podcast, we've spoken about um, it's the children in the low socioeconomic areas that, you know, we have to help more. But then twisting that question, would you also say it's even those children who are in high socioeconomic statuses, Mm. children who are in private schools, you Mm. know, parents not necessarily fulfilling their role, as the research says. So what is your take, Jano? Do you think that the socioeconomic status of the child's family impact the responsibilities of a teacher? Um, Yeah, I would say so. I think it goes back to the point that Mamos has talked about in the sense of equity and equality and so on and so forth. And I think... um, let's not negate the fact that a, every child needs something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You may be born with a silver spoon. You mm-hmm. still need something. Mm-hmm. And you may, you may have been born with, been born with, I don't know, not even a spoon, right? <laughs> you still need something. So I think it's a case of me, and a, a teacher actually like discerning what help mm-hmm. that specific child needs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, student A, right? They may, you know, they may be, provided for they've got everything they have the fresh clothes mm-hmm. you know, their parents come to school their parents are you know involved in there but sometimes they don't feel like they can actually talk to their parents mm-hmm. so in that yep. role i'm going to be like, okay listening here like mm-hmm. yeah my my door is open to you at lunchtime come talk to me mm-hmm. about your ambitions whereas <clears throat> person b a student b sorry right they again they may only have free school meals only have one school you know one meal a day or so mm-hmm. and so forth mm-hmm. so me helping them in that element would literally be providing for them in that in that mm-hmm. aspect and that mm-hmm. could just be giving them crisp mm-hmm. at the end of the school day so mm-hmm. it's just a case of just knowing what student needs what mm-hmm. um, but i think it doesn't matter about your mm-hmm. your class okay. or anything like that mm-hmm. if we if we focus on the child mm-hmm. and no child is the mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. every child is going to need something so mm-hmm. um zion what do you think I think just like you know, I think just kind of simply no child left behind. Mm. And I think what that simply statement simply represents is, as you said rightly, every child is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and where example the identity of a teacher changes, I think also we see that, again, this whole podcast is education society. I think yeah. one of the key things that rules need to kind of remember with young people within the school is that, you know, they are much more than students. Yeah. They become students when they enter the academic arena. And mm-hmm. I think what, you know, really um, um, expressed, which I think is so key, is mm-hmm. the ability of a teacher to discern the need. Because I think, one, one, I think what this really leads to now in terms of probably questions is how well does the school bridge that relationship with the home and community? Mm-hmm. I, I really feel it's a threefold course. So mm-hmm. there's a school, mm-hmm. there's a parent, then there's a community. And mm-hmm. I think the strength of a child's education is when they are in the midst of that trifecta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what we, yeah, I think just repeating, you know, it doesn't really matter where you've kind of come from. Um, you ha- you will have a need as a, as a child. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think the strength of that child's chances um, and potential and the actualization of that is their placement within that traffic of mm. home, school and community. Mm. And Mamas? That's good. Um, yeah, I think I just agree with mm. all of it. I think it's understanding that every, every, uh, you know, call me Christian, but every joint has its supply. I'm not, mm. we're, we're not going to, you know, that saying that it takes a village to raise a child, yes. it's still very much true. It may not, you know, the village would, may not look, you know, like a rural village somewhere where, you know, like we're not talking about that, but what we yeah. are talking about is that 
every part of the community has a job and has a role mm. to play. And so... Can I even go further? A responsibility. A responsibility, mm. 100%. And I think it's that teachers, we do... We we have to... Our job requires us to be highly empathetic. Yeah. We, I don't think yeah. you can go into teaching or working with young people in general without having some level of mm. empathy because you will miss exactly what it is that that child needs. And yeah. I, mm. I say that to say, you know, I had... One of my A-level classes and, you know, they, I, I just noticed, you know, it was in a community school. This was in um, en Enfield area and it, Enfield is, is, it's actually not one of the most affluent areas in, in, um, in North London. So it was one of the things where I, I was just noticing that my group of students, there was only like four of them um, for A-level PE and they were coming in and they just, you know, always that particular lesson on that day, they just seemed really tired, couldn't be bothered to do anything. And mm -hmm. I just thought, okay, I'm not going to get anywhere trying to start some form of lesson with these students. So I just said, all right, cool. You know what I'm going to do? And I literally, I brought in like, just like a, a little area. I just made up a little area in the corner, just similar to you. And it just had snacks and some form of water. And I said, cool, tea time. You've got two, three minutes do whatever it is that you need to do, expend, do whatever it is that you need to do to get yourself awake, get yourself ready. And then we learn. And that was because I was just noticing this don't work on this yeah. day. Like for whatever reason, they're tired. And lo and behold, it just came down to it. It was during exam period and they were mm. just stressed. Mm. They they literally were just like, I can't mm. be bothered. I don't want to do this anymore. This is yeah. you know all becoming a bit long. And I just said, okay, cool. We'll extend your break. That's absolutely fine because mm. all we're gonna be all we're gonna be doing is revising anyway. All we're gonna be doing is going for exam questions and all the rest of it. I said, there, stay there, three to five minutes, and then we get started. And lo and behold, it was the best thing that I could have done just for that particular day because mm. on the on the other days they were fine. Yeah. Yeah. It was just for that particular day, and it kind of got them into a routine to be like, okay, now nah, she's seen that we're struggling and she's done her part to sort of help just in that moment and I think that's just empathy and that level mm. of discernment to just say okay it's mm -hmm. something more than their academic ability it's mm. not always down to their academic ability when they can't do something there's something more than that there's probably something more so yeah we just have to be um as teachers we have to be empathetic but I think we also have to recognize that the responsibility is not solely ours. And I think yes. mm, that's, that's something good. that I didn't learn <laughs> until my second year of teaching, because mm. you look at it and you think, oh my gosh, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. And you just look and you think, you know what? The responsibility is actually not solely mine. I need mm -hmm. to be able to work with the parents. I yeah. need to be able to work with the, you know, initiatives, other community initiatives, mm. because I can't do it by myself. Mm. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not supposed to. It's, yeah. it's not how it's supposed to be. So, mm. yeah. I think that was such an amazing answer. And I think even as we've discussed here, it seems that there's levels, well, in us teachers, there's levels of parenting that we're sort of tapping into the, you know, empathising, giving children food, nurturing mm -hmm. them, duty mm -hmm. of care, but also, you know, still teaching and still um, educating them. So just before we wrap up, um, I'm going to throw this question to you, Zion, um, and just keep it as brief as you can. Okay. <laughs> um, do, does society have a clear distinction between the roles, responsibilities of a parent and teacher, or are the lines blurred? I think the lines are blurred. Um, okay. I think the, yeah, just simply, I think the conversations we've had um, have kind of really expressed that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the issues that we are having around, you know, looking at previous episodes, 
the need for mentoring within schools, yeah. um, where we're looking at um, kind of disparities within schools, attainments within mm. schools, um, the role of teachers. I think this is all pointing to the issue where there is a lack of mm. definition. Yeah. yeah. Wow, what a conversation. What yeah. a conversation. I think, <laughs> has anyone got any last gems to drop before I drop my water cooler wisdom? Uh, that was strong. Annoying, mammoth, I mean, no. Yeah, I think like <laughs> I'll literally just say um one thing I'd say is that I think teachers want to be good teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And unfortunately, the the environment sometimes mm. doesn't isn't yeah. conducive for yeah. you mm. to be the teacher that you want to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think we really need to um own in on why that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think just one thing I would say is just bouncing off your point is that as teachers, we need to have clear boundaries because I'm someone who loves to care about people. And I think sometimes I do way too much, you know, Um, and just listen to what you were saying, Mamas, in terms of it's okay not to do certain things because it's not all your responsibility. Um, I'll also say as well to the teachers out there, don't be afraid to offer extra support to the children. And as Janoy rightly said, get to know your families and get to know your children. Understand that every child matters. And, you know, you can be that seed in that child's life um, of, you know, not having that breakfast in the morning. And I think it's so important to look at the body language of your children, especially if you're working in primary school as well. Um, You will know by their attitude, by their body language. And don't be fooled by them coming in in clean clothes. Mm -hmm. Don't be fooled by them being intelligent because you don't know what is going on behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where I'm going to end it today. Um, That is our water cooler wisdom for this lesson. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode. I definitely have. And remember, the conversation does not stop here. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and YouTube at Limits Podcast. And don't forget to hashtag Limits and Ed Ed Sock. That is it. We are out.